right, we are back for another episode of Eat, Drink, Write podcast, the whiteboard, urban fantasy whiteboard podcast. Um, We're going to pick right back up where we left off last time. We were talking about um, what is urban fantasy. And so we'll just jump right on into it. Um, actually, first, I suppose we should say what we're eating and drinking this time. Absolutely. What are you drinking? I am drinking English breakfast tea. Um, it's the best tea in the world, just saying. Oh, nice. <laughs> what are you drinking? I am back on my wine again. Um, I've got Corbell Brute Pink Sparkling Wine. I'm, I'm on the keto diet, so <laughs> I have to have drinks that don't have sugar, so I can drink Brute Wines. So that seems to be my thing lately. So today is Corbell. Um, we are eating fajitas that we made here at home, and chicken and cheese, so... That is our exciting meal for the day. So as I said, we are going to just jump right back into what we were talking about. What is urban fantasy? Do you want to hear more of what other authors yeah, yeah, yeah. say? Let's see. I've got a whole bunch of them. And some of these authors I don't know, like Maurice Broadus, B-R-O-A-D-D-U-S. Hmm. He says, for me, I go with the simple definition of it being a story where the city is as much a character mm-hmm. as anyone else running around such that if you were to remove the city, the story doesn't work as well. Absolutely. In short, I need an urban fantasy to take me to a place, which that's one of the most succinct definitions for what we were talking about, the right. city, the setting being a, a character. Right. I love that definition. I do too. Maurice Broadus. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then Emma Jane Holloway. She says, urban fantasy is about the junction of our everyday modern world with the realm of the fantastic. Sometimes the supernatural world is common knowledge and sometimes not. That's the masquerade you were talking about. I don't think the genre needs to be any more defined than that. In fact, it shouldn't be. Which I like that concept as well. I do too. Instead of rigidly defining Uh something where we then have to bend and break the rules why not just have a definition that right it's more open-ended open-ended yeah yeah and you you have like a lot more room to play with there which i think honestly any fantasy genre should have i agree i mean i agree yeah amanda bonilla or bonilla Urban fantasy is by far my first love in the genre of fiction. It combines so many elements that I love. Mystery, action, the paranormal, and elements of romance. I am a huge fan of urban fantasy's dark, edgy vibe and the stage that it sets for feisty, tough heroines who live their lives on their own terms and possess the self-confidence and skills necessary to save themselves, which I love that too. That's pretty good. And it meant, but it does mention heroine specifically. Mm-hmm. And I do, I do just want to, you know, male protagonists, there, there are some good ones out there. There are. So I think also, I feel like the urban fantasy genre probably started out with more female protagonists. That's just what I've come across. Typically, if I pick up a book that would be classified as urban fantasy. It typically, in my experience, has a female protagonist. Um, but I think that's, like, broadening a lot, um, which which is pretty cool. But that I did like that, that definition. Now, how when we were talking about romance and the difference between the story being romance versus fantasy, there is one example that I can think of that is a very excellent combination of both, and that is Cresley Cole. Oh, yeah. Her world's are definitely have that urban fantasy element. It's in the modern world. There is a masquerade. Absolutely. 
all of these wonderful creatures that they have. And, and Valkyries, werewolves, oh, vampires, but um, anything. It, it is definitely romance because each book oh, yes. is a particular couple and their their relationship arc. Yeah, yeah. But her fantasy world, her world building was amazing. She is an amazing writer. She is. Well, for the longest time, I didn't read those books because they were classified as, you know, romances. And I was like, no, I don't want to do it. Don't want to do it. I, Eventually, I had to force her <laughs> to read them. Eventually, I picked them up and they, they are incredible. And the way she writes them is, is pretty fantastic. She, and... she is one of my author heroes. Uh-huh. Which she writes another one that is also, I think... It's technically young adult, but I would say that it's urban fantasy. It's um, her her tarot card series. Yes. The... Um, uh, Poison Princess is the first one. Yes. And again, it's Cressley Cole, and they're they're very good. Yeah, she's amazing. She's actually got an erotica series mm-hmm. as well. She she is branching out there and doing all these different things. But my favorite series of hers is the what is the Immortals After Dark. Immortals yeah. After Dark. Yeah. Oh my God, she is absolutely amazing, and it brings that true element of fantasy which i crave that i love fantasy but i also love romance and so to get those two put together sometimes you get romance that are great romances but you know not so much not so good at the fantasy part of it right. and to have both of those elements for me is amazing so i and and i want to write some of those as well right right i which i have thought you know I thought romance was an easier genre to write until I tried to write one. Those are not easy to write. I think uh, I think nothing's easy to write. <laughs> I think you're probably right. You're probably right. Uh, I think it takes a, a lot of um, determination and, and willpower just to write anything. <laughs> what I have found, like my story that we were talking about that we don't know if it's urban fantasy or not because she goes into this other world, mm-hmm. romance ended up an integral part of that story I did not plan it it was not a romance right. it just happened mm-hmm. so I think romance is a strong element of urban fantasy or can be it doesn't even have to be right but in that particular one it that romance came on its own accord my characters fell in love with each other but it was more about the fantasy when I started writing it so you know fantasy I mean romance can find its way into any kind of Absolutely. Work, I think. And, you know, I've read things where it says that romance should find its way into everything. Like, every story should have an element of romance, which I don't necessarily agree with. There are some stories out there that do not... They don't need romance. I agree. Um, and they shouldn't necessarily have romance. Um, but I think it is... I think it does count as a trait in, um, in an urban fantasy. Um, I think there usually is a, a romantic interest mm-hmm. for, for the main character. I mean, that's real life. We're human. We have romantic interests. We right. are all about other people. Right. Um, relationship arcs are huge and important, I think, in any kind of writing, whether it's, you know, any anything, whether it's sci-fi, fantasy, or normal, straight, streamlined um, writing. I, I agree. I, I think that that's, you know, the chick flicks that, that, that <laughs> right. are out there. You know, that, right, there's right. a place for that. Yep. No, I agree completely. All right. Let's see. I have R.S. Belcher. And R.S. Belcher says, I enjoy and respect urban fantasy precisely for the reasons many literary snobs poo-poo on the genre. Wow. Urban fantasy and its inbred mutant cousin with a chainsaw (laughs) horror meet the reader on their own terms in their own world, and that heightens the surreal experience of adding supernatural elements to the story and adds to the reader's immersion, uh, immersion into the writer's world. 
Well, he was very aggressive. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if RS is male or female. Uh, they were very aggressive. <laughs> um, <laughs> which that brings in horror, too. I mean, just because we're talking about urban fantasy, which does tend to use a lot of urban fantasy, werewolves and monsters and that kind of thing, that, that doesn't mean they're horror either. Mm-hmm. That's right. an entirely different genre as well. Right, yeah. But there can be elements of horror in urban fantasy. I agree with that. Yeah. I think I think like you said, when you were going through that list of subsets of urban mm-hmm. fantasy, I think urban fantasy more um encapsulates a lot of those mm-hmm. traits. Um, like you said, romance and horror and what else do you have there? Um, I mean, literary, mystery, mythological, police department. Right, right. Post apocalyptical science space <laughs> i don't know about the space one i'm a little skeptical about the space one yeah but... how do you how do you set a space urban fantasy i mean i guess i guess it depends on how far you want to stretch well, urban fantasy if you consider a spaceship to be a city you know that's and a lot that's of an extremely books do deal with good point um a ship malfunctioning which becomes that right. that setting is its own Okay, character. but then you would have to have that ship malfunction because of some magical input, or the person who's you yeah. know commandeering it has to be as opposed to alien, where uh-huh. it was a that bad would, guy. Uh huh. And that would be like a, a sci-fi. I think that would More fall sci-fi. under sci-fi. But if you have if you're on a spaceship and it's and the well, reason they're on like the spaceship the 100, is the, the TV series. I haven't read the books. Oh, there you, are books. There but, are books. Yeah. Um, but. It starts off on a spaceship, and that spaceship is their city. That's their only... But I wouldn't call... I don't know that I would call the 100 an urban an fantasy. An I don't know what I would call it. I don't either. I mean, they come to Earth, which is not urbanized. It's they not... do. It's not post-industrial, anyway. Right, but you're still missing that element of magic. Do you think that an urban fantasy has to be post-industrial i don't think so because we were talking about Mm -hmm. you could probably set it in the 1600s and still make it absolutely because i think fantasy i think you can always go back you know to pre-industry times Mm pre-industrial um times and you can have a real city with people who live their everyday lives and however they live them and add a supernatural or magical element and you can still call that urban fantasy in my opinion I think there are lots of ways to stretch it. I think, I think is so what, too. what this is really boiling down to. I mean, to. And, in fact, I don't like the idea of fitting things, you know, the circle into the square. Oh, there, agreed. There's, yeah. there's too many... That's how you get we're, cliches, we're which are yeah. not necessarily bad. They, no. Cliches are always usable. First, they're cliche for a reason. But it's always nice to step outside the box a little Well, bit. and writers are creative. So yeah, right. we generally want to be outside the box anyway. Right, right. We're generally that kind of creature. And also, I mean, like, but even on that, on that point, like, I like writing whatever I think is fun, you know? So if I find, yeah. like, writing, you know, there are a million werewolf novels out there now, but if yeah. I want to write a werewolf novel, I'll write a werewolf novel mm-hmm. because it's going to be fun for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that will show in the writing. In fact, when I write, it's more because it's something I'm looking for. Right, yeah. You know, my authors aren't writing fast <laughs> enough. And so I, you know, I want more of whatever particular right. story type. And so I'll write my own. Mm-hmm. I have more authors if you want Do to Do it, hear. yes. Let's see. I've got Zandra J. X-A-N-D-R-A-J. Okay. 
Uh, urban fantasy more broadly incorporates urban legends and mythology around supernatural creatures in a cosmopolitan <laughs> setting. Oh, wow, yes. I'm feeling oh, yes. my wine now. <laughs> According to Merriam-Webster, magical realism, which is what we talked about earlier, right. is a literary genre or style associated especially with Latin America oh. that incorporates fantastic or mythical elements into otherwise realistic fi fiction. Which, that's, how strange is that's that? That's an interesting I had never definition. tied any particular genre to a specific place i mean not no. even the united states I no mean, yeah me neither because uh, there was one series i read that was set in australia and it was amazing yeah i mean there yeah. it's i don't i don't feel like urban fantasy is i don't think so either tied to a specific area especially because when you think about all the urban legends there's there's urban legends in every culture that you can yes read i mean on there and... are you know the koopa chabra koopa chabra Chupacabra? Chupacabra, that's it. <laughs> wow, yay wine. We can edit that out if you yes, want. Yes, <laughs> we, we, we can. Um, is South American in origin, isn't it? I believe so. So, I mean, there are certain, you know, and there's a lot of like the, what's the fox with the nine tails? Oh, the kitsune. Kitsune. That's mm -hmm. um, Oriental, Asian. Pretty sure that's Japanese. Japanese. I could be wrong about that. Um, so, yeah, each culture has its own... Mm -hmm. Myths, which I love to delve into other cultures and, oh, me too. and bring those here to America where most of my, all of or my even, stuff. Or even to those countries. Like I mean, in, to write, write a book in those countries would be pretty fun. That would be cool. That would be, I think, difficult for me particularly, particularly because I like to go to the places where I'm writing about. I have a book set in Savannah, Georgia, and it's one of my favorite cities in the whole country. And... I'm able to write that book very clearly because of the number of times that I've been there. So writing a book in another country, which would be incredibly fun, and I think would be really cool to, you know, write a book in a country using their their urban legends and As, stuff. Especially if you have the chance to go there and feel and immerse mm -hmm. yourself in their culture so that you can be realistic. Exactly. Because I, it's, it's, I don't like it when people try to write what they don't know. Agreed, yeah. And so, for me, if I was writing about something in Japan, I would need to go to Japan. You gotta feel it. You yeah. gotta taste it. You've gotta know what you're talking about. I agree. There's a I different agree. feel to all these different places. Right. Which I'm hoping with this podcast, we're gonna be able, <laughs> we'll be to, able go to go places and travel to different places and report on that feel. And I think that'd be a lot of fun. That would be fun. Yeah. I'm, maybe Savannah would be a I, wonderful. I trip. think we should go there all the time. All I think the time so too. <laughs> Um, let's see. What else have I got? I think that might be all of the ones. Uh, here's one, Joanna Penn. Okay. She said, urban fantasy has been defined by the places in which the fantasy um, is set, i.e. the urban environment. Right. It gives flexibility in terms of the time period. The city could be in the Victorian, Tudor, mm -hmm. post-American, Civil War, whatever. So that was what we were talking about. Right, right. Um, as long as the fantasy is rooted in the city, it's urban fantasy. She said, whilst I, see, I can see the sense of this, I don't like to, cha to chain what I consider to be urban fantasy to being set in densely populated cities. I think urban fantasy novels can and do roam into the countryside, small mm -hmm. towns and villages, and sometimes only one cottage. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's a really good, I'm glad she added that because I mm -hmm. agree with that. I don't mm -hmm. think it has to be set in a city like Atlanta or mm -hmm. New York City where there are like hundreds of thousands and millions of people. I don't think that's well, it's necessary. Like, um, talking about TV shows, not books, but Supernatural, mm -hmm. there are 
so many little tiny mm-hmm. towns that they go to that have a va- vampire problem or whatever. Right, right. And that's urban fantasy. I agree. Um, so, yeah, I agree with that, too. So, I don't think I had anything more. Did you have anything more? There's so much we could we could oh, talk about. We this could talk for about it forever, hours. forever, oh, forever I and ever. Another, another page. Oh, good. So this author wrote five elements all urban fantasies must have, uh-huh. and it was written by Michelle Baker. Okay. And Michelle Baker is a 2009 graduate of the Clarion Science Fiction and Fantasy um, Workshop, and. She says, that, this was a neat article, five elements, because I was like, okay, let's see what five elements all must have. What's, what are these rules we have to be bound by? Right. And she said, first is the city. She said, the urban and urban fantasy means that the setting should always be one of the main characters. While books with uh, urban fantasy flavor may be set in rural areas, historical periods, small towns, or even secondary worlds, which answers my question. True, yeah. Uh, the classic urban fantasy setting is a dense, highly populated present-day metropolis. Think London, New York, or San Francisco. See, she goes with the densely, yes. densely populated, and and we just talked about, you know, no, I, that I, is don't, not. I don't agree. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, you have to have magic. The fantasy part means that somewhere running through the veins of that sophisticated city is something wild and strange. Paranormal elements like ghosts, werewolves, zombies, and vampires certainly count, but if you really want to hit the urban fantasy sweet spot, at some point you'll have to have a character cast a spell or perform a ritual. Uh, Interesting. That is interesting, but I disagree. Um, Part of the fun of urban fantasy is figuring out the interplay of magic and technology, and these rules differ from universe to universe. Can fairies ride the subway? Do vampires work night shifts at hospitals? Uh-huh. Are computers and ma- uh, magic mutually hostile? Or is there a whole branch of magic that depends on good Wi-Fi? Right. Oh, sh- I mean, so... That's an interesting. interesting thought, yeah. Number three, the mystery. Fans of urban fantasy love a good whodunit. And for this reason, most... Many of the most successful urban fantasy fantasies pro- prominently... Wow, I'm having trouble here. <laughs> How's that wine? It's <laughs> really good. Uh, prominently feature law enforcement, private detectives, crime scenes, and life or death suspense. Now, that's true. I, I have noticed that a lot of books that we read, the female protagonist is some kind of law enforcement or an investigator or, mm-hmm. um, you know... Yeah, a private investigator yeah. is, is a big, big mm-hmm. one that that's, I see Almost a lot. becoming cliche. Yep. Oh, I, I would say it's already It already is cliche. cliche. Mm-hmm. Um, she said there's lots of room to define what a mystery might be, uh, especially in, that, in a world that incorporates laws beyond the ordinary, which is true. true. She said it's, not, it's usually not enough in an urban fantasy for your protagonist to have a strong driving goal. There should also be a huge, possibly frightening unknown that gradually unfolds throughout the story, thanks to clever and persistent investigation. I, I so she see thinks that mystery, which I don't think mystery has to be. I don't. I don't think so either. I'm trying to think of. Oh, a good one. I'm trying to think if there were um, mysteries involved with the Fever series. Hmm. I don't think it was Karen I mean, Moaning. Yes, Karen. Mm-hmm. Karen Marie Moaning uh, wrote this this series it's the fever series and the first book is dark fever but i don't i guess she has mystery the mystery in it i think it started with the mystery who oh, killed her you're sister so right yeah. you're so right you're absolutely yeah. correct there is mystery in this okay 
No, yeah, I was trying to think of examples that uh, that don't that have don't mystery. have mystery, and and that one, yeah, no, that one has. It's a complete. I mean, it's yeah. like my book that goes into the other world doesn't seem to have a mystery, except for she finds things out. She's not intentionally investigating. Right. There's not a crime that she's trying to solve, but as things unfold, she finds out that there are things that are a mystery that she didn't know. Right. So it's not a typical mystery, but there is mystery. True. But I, I mean, I feel like you could argue every story has a mystery. I mean, that's true. So. That's true. Well, let's go on to number four. All right. Number four is the point of view. Oh, I did mean to bring that up. Okay. Because I feel like every urban fantasy that I've read, including the ones with, you know, either female or male protagonists, they're always in first person. Mm-hmm. Always. Mm-hmm. It's always from the point of view within, within your main character's head. Which I love that. Although, you know, going back to Cresley Cole... Hers are not first person. You're right. But mm-hmm. she's not necessarily urban fantasy. Agreed. She's romance. And also, her style of writing takes that third person and makes us feel like we're in their heads. She is, it's almost like a first person. It's, it's very book. good, right? She is amazing. And I think, but I, and I think hers are necessary to be third person because she bounces back and forth from between the male and the, and the female, female protagonist. And, the, and the relationship. Right. Yeah. All right, so this lady, who are we talking about? Michelle Baker. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. She says number four is the point of view. And she said there's a reason that first-person point of view is so popular in urban fantasy, and it isn't just the genre's cozy relationship with the noir. One of the traditions of urban fantasy is that it is intensely character-driven, profoundly affected, and even warped by the opinions of the protagonist. I completely agree with that. That's very, very true. As... With its cousin, the mystery series, in urban fantasy, it's often the personality of the protagonist, the investigator, the misfit, the fearless confronter of the uncanny, that readers keep coming back for sequel after sequel. Even if you don't plan to write a series featuring the same character throughout, great attention should be paid to your main character's voice and mindset. Agreed. Is she at home in a pack of werewolves but lost on the corner of Fifth and Main? Is he irritated and unnerved by the supernatural elements that are taking the, over the city that he grew up in? Make sure you know the lens your character is looking through in a story and how it shapes or obscures the view. I mean, that's true. I mean, being first person, you are totally stuck with being in that one person's view of the world, whether it's right or wrong. Agreed, yeah. Whereas with the third person, we get to watch and we can say, oh, that character's so dumb. But we're totally skewed when we're in the first person, which I personally love first person Oh, books. me too. Agreed. Uh, that's I've written both, and I think I like first person better than third person. I've always written first person, um... Almost always. I've written, like, short stories here and there that have been third person, and it, it always feels foreign to me. Um, but that's probably because I've always written in first person. I, I love first person. One of my newer books that I'm writing is first person present tense. Present tense. The, which is yeah. difficult. Uh-huh. And I, it's not something I don't think would ever be published without me having first... I disagree. I think that there are first-person um, present tense books. I mean, The Hunger Games was first-person present tense. Was it? It was. So I, I think... all of those, but I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were, they were first... I'm pretty sure. Or at least they were for part of them. I'm, it's, it's been a hot second since I read them, too. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. No, I think, I think that that's, that's a style that, that is, would be accepted. I, think, I don't think that that would be an issue with a publisher. It's not... 
normal. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not the majority, sure. But I, I don't think it would be an immediate turn away for okay. agents. It's very fun to write. I'm enjoying it immensely. I feel like I would always slip into... There are... I'm going to need your help editing because I know that I do slip back into third person. Right. Or first person past tense. Right, 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 right. Which is what we're trained. Right. Right. Okay, so number five, her fifth element that she said you have to have in urban fantasy novels is the sizzle. Is this a romance thing? I don't... Apparently. <laughs> Last but not least, urban fantasy is sexy. Oh, okay. Even if you don't have an all-out love scene or fully developed romantic relationship in your story, if you're going for a classic urban fantasy, then you'll want to make sure that sex simmers somewhere in the background. A lingering gaze, a billowing coat, a bit of bare leg, these things can go a long way towards creating a sensual atmosphere that keeps every page electric and exciting, even when it's not a crime scene to investigate. You know, I think that's true. Like you said, you know, they're, they're normal people, especially when you're in the first person point of view, you know, think about your daily life, like you interact with people all the time. All the time. And that's not to say that, like, it has to be a romance, but, you know, if you come across a person and you think they're attractive, you're going to think about that. That's true. And you're in the first person point of view, and, and so there, there's going to be that, I think, in an urban fantasy, if you have that, that point of view. The one author that I think gets into your head better than any other author, you know who I'm going to say. Go for Stephen it. King. Oh, right. Mm. Oh, my God. He is uncanny with how people think in their inner thoughts mm -hmm. and being a first person writer i wish that i had stephen king's talent to be able to go into my character's head and portray it like he does but he's one of a kind honestly yeah yeah i mean i i want to say that you could probably get there with practice but i i have no idea <laughs> yeah he's i think he's one of a kind so that's all I've got on urban fantasy. Do you have anything else you want to add? I think we've gone through all my notes, but I did have some questions that I think would be fun to end on just okay. for, for both of us. Okay. Um, what makes your books urban fantasy? My books yep. in particular? Yep, your books specifically. My most recent one that I'm actually trying to get published right now, the Frickin' Fairies series, mm -hmm. it is set... And it, now she, my main character, has no magic whatsoever. She is totally human. Very human. She just gets pulled into the magic world, which is a masquerade, because of some unfortunate incidents that happen. It's a it's a humorous light fantasy. It's nowhere near the dark, edgy noir that a lot of um, urban fantasies are. But I still think it's urban fantasy because it is set oh, in absolutely. Atlanta. Yeah, for sure. And she gets. She's a bookstore owner and gets dragged into this, the world of the fairies and all the other supernatural um, characters. The fae is, is what I call them. And just ends up way in over her head, and it's amusing. But I do think that being in this world makes it, it... It is. It's in this world. Starts in Atlanta. There are There is magic. There are rules to the magic. There are magical creatures. So it has, let's see if it has these four, these five, <laughs> what were the five things the, I just the read? The five elements. Let's see. Number one was the city. So yeah, it Definitely. in Atlanta. Number two is the magic, which I've got fairies and elves got and a mishmash of things. all yeah. kinds of magical creatures. The mystery, which there is a oh, mystery for in sure. this yeah, one. Yeah, she yeah. starts off trying to help the fairies who are being hunted and 
to be put to death over this stolen artifact. So that's definitely a mystery. The point of view is first person. And the sizzle, there is definitely romance (laughs) in in this. Um, The elf who comes to help her ends up owning her and um so oh yeah <laughs> yeah it's, uh, so there is romance in it as well so i think i've hit all five on that one that's my newest book that's complete definitely what about yours what makes my books urban fantasy yeah which one uh so the one that i'm currently writing is that that trickster one mm-hmm. that i was talking about and it's set in savannah georgia so which you got the city oh that city has so much character it's got so mm. much history mm-hmm. um it is it's so fun to bring that in, into writing. It's it's so neat um, to play with that. Uh, the main character is herself a trickster, so she can cast illusions, and it, before the book starts, it, it was a masquerade, and it no longer is because of my oh, main character. Interesting. Um, and so she thinks that she is the only one, because she outed magic, um, and then no one else stepped forward with it. Um, so she was caught on camera and all this kind of stuff. And it, there, there's basically no way that it could have been a hoax to okay. the rest of the world. So it's, it's outed. And then someone else comes to town and does something with magic that makes it clear she's not the only one anymore. So oh, that gives me chills. I, it, it's really fun to write. It's a lot of fun to write. I can't wait to read that one. I need 20,000 more words on it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm getting there. And it's, it's a lot of fun. What were the five? So the city, you've got, got my city. the magic, you've got Definitely the illusion, got the, magic. the mystery. I think the mystery is, is it's, it's not a mystery as in like a whodunit, but I think, you know, she doesn't know anything about other people with magic. She doesn't, she didn't know that any existed until... Yeah, magic itself is the mystery to your character. Right, right. Yeah. So I, I think there's a mystery, but it's not like a, a traditional a traditional mystery. But it it does have detectives and cops and stuff. In okay. It. So they're but your main character element. is not. She a is detective. not. She owns okay. a restaurant. So That's neat. Yep. Oh, in Savannah, in I want to Sa- go oh, eat there. So good. <laughs> Point of view. First person, definitely one hundred percent. All right, the sizzle. Oh, there is sizzle. <laughs> she she has herself a character, so she. Let's let's just leave it at there. There's sizzle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, very good. I like that question. Yeah, um, my next question is why do you like to write urban fantasy? Which I feel like we might have covered. I think through so. through our through our I, honestly, I like to write everything. I've written short stories. I've written poems. I've written um, high fantasy. Mm-hmm. My very first book was high fantasy, which I'm I wrote it. It might have been 30 years ago, but who's counting? Um, <laughs> no, no, no. It was just like 10. Just yeah, 10. <laughs> yeah. I want to go, and actually it's talking to me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think I'm going to dust it off and, and work on it because, I, but so honestly, I like writing. Just in general. Period. Yeah. In fact, one of my favorite things to do is we do paragraph writings yep. Yep. where you and I get bored and uh-huh. we'll send the other a paragraph and the other has to pick up with the story and we write back and forth, and we've come up with some amazing writing those, that way. Those are a lot of fun. I do something similar on my own. I do sentence writing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get a sentence from a friend or, you know, a random book or something that I see on the internet or whatever. And then with that one sentence, I have to write a one-page story. Um, and I from, have to use like, that... beginning, middle, end on one page? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. So, you know... We'll probably talk about this later in the podcast, but every scene in a novel has like a three act structure. Mm -hmm. Um, So kind of like that. So it's kind of, I I get a picture of a scene 
Oh, um, a scene. Okay. And it has like a beginning, a middle, and an end. Okay. So not um, necessarily a full not story. Not a full story, but but you get kind of this flash picture. Um, and I have to use that sentence somewhere in in that that page. Um, and it's it's a lot of fun to do. Uh, so I think I generally like like writing as well. Um, but I have noticed that with those sentences, I always pull in some kind of supernatural element. Yeah. Um, whether it's fantasy or whether it's urban fantasy, I, I always bring in some kind of magic. And yeah, the, I can't seem to help myself. The straight chick flip thing, I just don't know that I want to write that. It doesn't interest me. Yeah. You know, uh, my husband, or your father, <laughs> is um, very much into the chick flick thing. And right. You know, my favorite date night is let's go action adventure, sci-fi fantasy, and uh-huh, uh-huh. you know. So I don't know that I could. I probably could write those other genres. I just really, really enjoy fantasy. Agreed. I agree, and I I do like urban fantasy in particular because it does. You know, we all grow up in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, we all see elements mm-hmm. of it. We all grow up in you know places that are familiar to us and that we can point out whether we see it on tv and um i love the pop culture reference oh that's, that's a good fantasy. point too yeah i just think it's hilarious like notre dame burning down it's a horrible thing that notre dame burned down but it fit right in with my fairies and and you know my fairies caused it it's just the rest of the world doesn't know that so i i love pop culture which is you know very strong in urban fantasy agreed yeah yeah no i think i think it's a lot of fun but those were those were my two questions okay. that I had, which um, I thought was a good way to kind of end end it. All right. Well, this was a lot of fun. Uh, we plan to do these weekly. Next time we will start talking about character development, and there is absolutely so many things to talk about with characters. We could talk about it forever. Forever. I think. So at, at least the next episode for sure will be about character development. We are looking forward to this. This has been so much fun. Hopefully we'll be eating and drinking fun things and we'll tell you all about it and maybe eating and drinking in fun places. So uh, again, I want to tell you all what our social media is. Our Facebook is at Eat Drink Right Podcast. Our Instagram is Eat Drink Right Podcast with a period in between each word. And we have a Patreon. It's at patreon.com. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com backslash edw podcast so come check us out come follow us we would love it and we will see you next week thanks guys